1: I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is
0: my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved.
1: War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Vann.
0: Okay, welcome. It's Wednesday, 22... 22 march in the year of early 2023 uh, we've got a lot to get to in capital markets the economy how it's going to impact you your community your family your nation and the world but first of course instead of getting to the you know important stuff about the country and the direction of the country we got we always have to we always have to pause about how the administrative state is trying to tear apart the one individual who gave us four years of peace and prosperity we see we wouldn't have any of this other crap uh, afterwards We have to deal with. I got Cortez and Dr. Navarro. We have to deal with any of this because none of this happened on Trump's watch, right? But of course, for the great job he did for those four years, naturally they have to persecute him. Of course, naturally. Because under no circumstances can they lay him back in the White House. Well, hey, note to DAs in New York and uh, Jack Smith, you weird looking dude, you know, over at the whatever you're doing at the J6 uh, with the, the judges making up law in the middle of the night, Marla. all of it. Suck on this. Trump's going to win the primary. Going. It's not even a primary. It's, the thing's over. Game, set, match already. And he's going to win back the White House. Okay? Just, just take out your number two pencil and write that down right now because he's uniting the country that wants order and stability and prosperity and not this mayhem we have uh, coming out of Moscow, Beijing, Tehran, and of course... Washington, D.C., the oligarchs on Wall Street, and, of course, the the, the continual money printing machine of the Federal Reserve. Mike Davis, uh, first off, am I – I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but there are no coincidences. Is the fact that they canceled the grand jury today and looks like tomorrow or put them on call have anything to do with the judges in the middle of the night in the appeals court saying, oh, now they're leaking ABC News that Donald Trump – Committed a crime down Mar-a-Lago? Have they? Have they told? Have they told uh, the? DA, hey, with this made-up law you're making up there, back off because we got another made-up law. We're going to get to Trump first, and since there's a federal charge, it will cover a little heft to it. Is that? Am I? Am I overthinking this,
2: Mike Davis? Well, I'll tell you, it certainly does not look good. What's happening here? Uh, Trump is being uh, attacked, legally attacked by Democrats and three coordinated fronts. We have the, we have the Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg who is bringing bogus charges uh, and looking to indict him on bogus charges, trumped up bogus charges in New York. That's backfiring badly on Democrats. The second front is special counsel Jack Smith, Garland's special counsel who is trying to go after Trump for having uh, uh, having his presidential records at Mar-a-Lago in the office of former president, which he's allowed to do under the Presidential Records Act. And the third front is down in Fulton County uh, on, on President Trump uh, d- doing what he's allowed to do under the First Amendment, which is to pressure and strong-arm politicians. That, that is protected by the First Amendment. What's going on in the Jack Smith case is very unusual. You have these four Democrat-appointed federal judges in D.C. who are doing some very strange stuff. Uh, first of all, outgoing Chief Judge Beryl Howell, who is supervising Jack Smith case, she was also the the, the judge who supervised the Russian collusion investigation, the hoax, uh, had this highly unusual order where she ordered Trump's lawyer to hand over his attorney notes to President Trump. And on her last day on the job on Friday as chief judge, she handed over these notes to Jack Smith without giving President Trump the opportunity to appeal to the D.C. Circuit. It is really, really, really unusual what she did here. Uh, It raises some great suspicions about what's going on here. So then these three Democrat-appointed judges on the D.C. Circuit set this extraordinary, maybe unprecedented uh, 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 briefing schedule for the appellate arguments. I mean, it's it's insane. We had a midnight and 6 a.m. filing deadline today, and the the D.C. Circuit rushed to rule against President Trump today. I think they were trying to white uh, outgoing Chief Judge Beryl House clear legal air by handing over these legal notes. But there was no there was no need for them to rush. And you have to ask, why are they rushing? Why are they doing this? This highly unprecedented unusual procedural posture, this, this highly rushed appellate process the same week that the, the Manhattan DA is looking to indict President Trump. This, is, this all looks and smells very badly.
0: It, it's, it's no doubt it's coordinated, right? The, the stuff just, These things don't happen randomly. They're all lathered up. I mean, they're foaming white around the mouth. They're foaming. You know, it's insane. That's all they talk about. They never talk about Moscow and Beijing. Never talk about the economy. Never talk about the biggest bank failures in American history, two two, the number two and number three. Never talk about the economy I'm, I'm imploding. Never talk about any of it. All you get all you get is uh, brag, brag, Letitia James, brag, Letitia James. And then all of a sudden, whoa, full stop, uh, full not full having stop. today, not having tomorrow. And And you have this. This over the overnight, you know, they're doing all this. I don't even know what they're doing. Jujitsu in the federal court here. It's got oh, to be coordinated. Yeah. The federal court guy is saying, "Hey, you got to hold up. We got we're going to charge him first with a real, you know, a real made up charge versus a a, a state or, or a, a, a borough made up charge in New York." Am I am I overthinking this, brother?
2: I have to be careful what I say as an attorney. But I will say that the appearance here looks very, very bad, very bad for these four Democrat appointed judges, uh, federal judges in D.C., the D.C. District Court, outgoing Chief Judge Beryl Howe, and the three Democrat judges on the D.C. Circuit. This is not normal, what they're doing here. This is highly, highly unusual, I think unprecedented. I can't think of a case that's been handled like this, and the timing of this is so bad. So at least the appearance here looks very, very bad for these federal judges. And I'm hoping that the Chief Justice, John Roberts, who supervises the D.C. Circuit, uh, may take a look at this because this is a very bad look for the federal judiciary. It looks very political. It looks coordinated. I can't say that it is. It certainly looks coordinated. The timing is just the most uh, bizarre coincidence that we've ever seen in American history.
0: Okay. Last thing is—is is what happened this morning. Is that going to go? Does Trump have the option of taking that to the Supreme Court for a ruling, or at least to, to whatever the justice that oversees this
2: district is? That is that a possibility? The Circuit Justice for the D.C. Circuit is the Chief Justice. Uh, you could get uh, you could get a, a ruling from the Chief Justice on this. Usually, when you do an emergency appeal to the Supreme Court on the the emergency docket, whoever the Circuit Justice is for that circuit refers it to the full court. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet that the, that the Supreme Court's going to step in here because uh, it, it, it's been reluctant to step in on these Trump cases before. I, I, I think this what what the Biden Justice Department and these Democrat DAs, these George Soros-funded DAs around the country are doing is very, very, very damaging to our country. And they are po- these are politicized and weaponized cases. Yeah. Your case. I don't is think la- they.
0: I don't think they care they yeah, want to I, rule the ashes they'll they'll rule the ashes they don't care they don't care if the country burns down they just don't care you can tell they don't care anymore the old game book the old playbooks thrown them throw it out their new playbook if they get if if it's got if they got to rule over the ashes they'll rule over the ashes let me yeah, let me ask you are, what can be done in congress what can be done in the house i noticed you've eased up on jim jordan a little bit over the last couple of days him and comer what can the, can, the, can the can the judiciary committee step in immediately and, and get, get jack smith and uh, Garland, and let's Keel him publicly? Can we do that?
2: I've always been a fan of Comer. I, I gave credit where credit's due to Jim Jordan for a, a couple good moves that he's made. I, I do praise him. He's having the Judiciary Committee, along with other committees, send a letter and demanding some testimony here from the Manhattan DA. The special counsel is certainly subject to congressional oversight, as is Attorney General Merrick Garland. And if there is obvious evidence that a uh, uh, an investigation has been politicized or weaponized, Congress has an oversight responsibility. You have to be careful that you're not overstepping and look like you're interfering with an ongoing investigation. But this is highly unusual. We've talked about this since June. President Trump had the legal right under the Presidential Records Act to have his presidential records, classified or not, in the office of former president in Mar-a-Lago, they were guarded by the Secret Service. President President Trump uh, and his staff had security clearances. They had skiffs or secure compartment information facilities. These office of former presidents are federally funded. He had the right to have these. And so, I, I, the question I've had since day one: there was an office of legal counsel opinion, a binding opinion on the Justice Department that says that, generally, you can't obstruct investigations into non-crimes. If it's not a crime for President Trump to have these records in Mar-a-Lago, it clearly isn't because he's allowed to have them under the Presidential Records Act, how is it legally possible under this OLC memo during the Mueller probe to obstruct any investigation into this non-crime? It was a bogus investigation by Merrick Garland to get Trump. Notice how Notice the treatment between Trump, where they sent in the FBI home raid, the unprecedented home raid to go get documents and force lawyers to sign affidavits, and just chaos and pandemonium, versus the Biden, the Biden Justice Department, Attorney General Merrick Garland covering up for then for for Vice President then Vice President Joe Biden's illegally stealing. President Obama's classified records, having them in several different locations, clearly illegal, clearly a violation of the Espionage Act, clearly unguarded. Uh, There's evidence that those classified records could have been used for Hunter Biden's work in China and Ukraine, and the Biden Justice Department covers this up while they try to put Trump and his lawyers in an obstruction of justice trap. This stinks to high hell. And I hope that congressional Republicans keep pushing very hard on this politicized and weaponized Justice Department, the double standard here, because Trump had the absolute. Before I let
0: you go, though, but can, but can, OK, they've subpoenaed Bragg and he told them to go put it where the sun doesn't shine. They, Garland can't do that. Why can't we get Garland and Jack? Is Jack Smith immune from coming before people and uh, and getting hauled? Uh, publicly, is is he immune to that because he's a special counsel? I, I don't. I'm not a lawyer, and I don't try to play one. Certainly what what can we get Jack Smith over in front of a committee? And if that if that's the case, why is that not happening?
2: The, the, every person who works in the executive branch could be held before Congress. That is their oversight responsibility. Attorney General Merrick Garland can certainly get held before Congress, and so could Jack Smith. Uh, Congress has a constitutional duty of oversight here. And, uh, you can issue a subpoena, you can drag them in and you can force them to testify. Now they could say that, that they're not going to talk about the steps that they're taking in an ongoing investigation, but they can, you know, certainly talk about prior steps.
0: Can, can you get them to talk about, uh, we got to bounce here, but can, can we talk, can they, can you ask them about what's just going on with the DC? I mean, it just seems bizarre you're having these things at midnight. You got to have your papers ready at six in the morning. No one's ever seen this. that's ever gone to appeals court or ever appealed anything. It, it just seems so out of the ordinary. And it, it, of course, they're rewriting all kind of laws because of Trump. So anyway, uh, Mike. More importantly, how do people uh, now that you're a media darling? How do they get to your website? We want to see all. We want it up there so your fans can see all your media hits. So what's your social media? You're still coming in hot on Getter and. Uh, and uh twitter but where do people go to find out everything about you every every second of the day because now you're doing like 30 hits a day
2: some people have called me other things besides media darling there's a different word besides darling but uh, it's article three project.org article number three uh project.org at article three project at article number three project on getter twitter truth and my personal is okay. mrd dmia my initials in des moines iowa mrd thank you steve
0: Thank you, brother. Great job. You see, now I'm angry with myself. I told myself I wasn't going to take a whole... Davis is that good. You see, this is the problem. We have massive issues to deal with. And we take an entire segment, opening block of the show, to deal with this crap. This is what they're doing. It's all diversionary. And it's all to stop. Okay, for everybody, just understand something. If you think the primary is tough and the general election is going to be tough, and they are... Although I think the primary is not going to be as tough as it used to be. General election. Think about every day of governing. Think about every day. This is going to be every day. Every day is going to be Stalingrad. Short break. Dr. Peter Navarro, Steve Cortez next in the war room. Buy gold and get a free safe to store it in. That's right. On qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group now through March 31st, they'll ship a free safe directly to your door. Just text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 to get your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free save. Here's the deal. The Fed keeps raising rates because it's the only tool they have to keep inflation under control. And guess what? It's not working. You can't spend your way out of inflation. You've seen the impact on the stock market. You've seen the impact on your savings. Hedge inflation by owning gold. Let me repeat that. Hedge inflation by owning gold, whether physical gold and silver in your own safe or through an IRA in precious metals, where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold has an A rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers text BANNON to 989898 for your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free home safe by March 31st on qualifying purchases. Again, text BANNON to 989898.
3: ...date
1: that we anticipate that ongoing rate increases will be appropriate to quell inflation. Instead, we now anticipate that some additional policy affirming may be appropriate. We will closely monitor incoming data and carefully assess the actual and expected effects of tighter credit conditions on economic activity, the labor market, and inflation. And our policy decisions will reflect that assessment. The budget will advance our efforts to modernize the State Department, including by expanding our training float, updating our technology, carrying out diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility initiatives, including to make our overseas missions more accessible. I'm grateful for the progress we've already made together, including Congress's support in updating the Secure Embassy Construction and Counterterrorism Act and Accountability Review Board to give us some of the flexibility that we need to open new missions and better manage the risks that we face.
3: Michael McKee from Bloomberg uh, Radio and Television. You've been very consistent in saying that the Fed would be raising interest rates and then holding them there for quite some time. Uh, Following today's decision, the markets have now priced in uh, one more increase in May, and then every meeting the rest of this year, they're pricing in rate cuts. Are they getting this totally wrong from the Fed, or is there something different about the way uh, you're looking at it, given that you're now thinking that moves might be appropriate as opposed to
1: ongoing? So, we published an SEP today, as you will have seen, and it shows that uh, basically participants expect uh, relatively slow growth, a gradual rebalancing of supply and demand in the labor market, with inflation moving down gradually. In that most likely case, if that happens, participants don't see rate cuts this year. They just don't. I would just say, as always, the path of the economy is uncertain, and policy is going to reflect what actually happens rather than what we write down in the SCP. But that's not our baseline expectation. Thank you very much for having me here today. All right. Thank you, Ms. Mr. Secretary. Secretary. The committee
2: will be in order.
3: You're supposed to be a diplomat, start negotiating. You know, if you don't like the Chinese proposal, where is your
0: peace proposal? The American
1: people want you to negotiate. Be a diplomat, do your job now. Let me let me say what, what, what I think happened, and then I'll come to the questions around supervision. So, at a basic level, uh, Silicon Valley Bank management failed badly. They grew the bank very quickly. They exposed the bank to significant liquidity risk and interest rate risk, didn't hedge that risk. We now know that supervisors uh, saw these risks and and intervened. We know that the public saw all this. we know that svb experienced an unprecedentedly rapid and massive bank run so this is a this is a very large group of connected depositors concentrated group of connected depositors and a very very fast run faster than the historical record would suggest so um for as for us so for our part we're doing a review of supervision and regulation my only interest is that we identify what went wrong here how did this happen is the question. What went wrong? Try to find that. We will find that. And then make an assessment of what are the right policies to put in place so that it doesn't happen again. And then implement those okay. policies. I can't,
0: I, can't, I, can't listen. It, I can't listen anymore. I can't listen anymore. Just have you guys watch the war and we'll, we'll, we'll explain it all to you. Dr. Navarro, uh, is he giving up? Did he tell us right there he's not going to go after inflation anymore? Is there no more rating what This This was the worst gobbledygook. Yeah. Uh, I've I think I've ever seen out of these clowns. Explain, please, explain it to me.
4: Sure. Well, that that was the problem. Uh, he said on the one hand, out of one side of his mouth, that there don't be only one more rate cut for the year. But then he followed that up immediately uh, with, uh, but infl- the data will determine what we do. So here's the here's the joke about this. It's a tragic comedy. And I will take you back to the Oval Office. Steve, when 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 Powell first started like just enraging Donald Trump. The problem Powell had is every time he got up and the Fed delivered a decision, uh, the markets would tank when Powell got up to explain what they did. And the way it went was if there was good news, like there always was with the Trump administration, he'd make it seem less good. And now when there's bad Bad news that might be getting better. He blows more uncertainty into the market. So what he said today was he's just going to do whatever the data tells him. And so there's great uncertainty. The market (laughs) just, I mean, it was like a freight train straight down off the rails. Um, He contradicted Janet Yellen because unlike Yellen, who said that the bank crisis wouldn't spill over into the financial markets, he said it would, and right off the bat, he acknowledged, Steve, uh, the, what the war room has been saying for over a year now, that inflation is not transitory and it's likely to stick around uh, for a long time. So all in all, this was a, a typical Jay Powell performance. It's important to understand, Posse, that this man has no... Economic credentials. There's no way in hell this guy should ever been appointed to that uh to that position okay, much less okay, reappointed slow down, slow by down, Biden.
0: Slow down. Yeah. Okay, slow down. Yeah. Last time I looked, I I'm just gonna throw it out there. We had Kevin Walsh and John Taylor on the short list and President Donald yes. J. Trump selected J. Yes. Powell, correct? So how'd that happen? Yes. Well, help me out with How that, that
4: happened was was Steve Mnuchin, Treasury Secretary, good old Steve, right? <laughs> the, 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 the smartest dumb guy I ever met this side of Larry Summers. Basically, he thought that Powell, if he put him in there because the guy didn't have any qualifications, he'd be Steve's bitch. I mean, let me just say it like as blunt yeah. as possible. That Powell would have yeah. to rely on Steve's grand wisdom. And as soon as Powell was in there, boy, he turned on Trump and the White House in a New York minute. And the big mistake, Steve, and this is really interesting given the crisis we're in now economically, the biggest mistake Powell made during Trump's reign was he wouldn't let the economy grow to its full potential. We could have easily had 4% GDP growth a year during Powell's reign, but he went with the traditional view that you can't do that, okay? based on uh, a Keynesian kind of perspective on this. And so what he did, a la, um, Alan Greenspan back when he was around, is he prematurely started tightening credit, and that choked off the economy. And so he makes yep. every single mistake in the book. Now last thing on this, Steve, is that on the one, you know, last week with, with his full bailout and complicity with Biden and Yellen, he engaged in the biggest burst of quantitative easing and loosening credit. Yep. I described yep. it in my, my StubZag as a neutron inflationary bomb on the economy. So he did that, yep. and at the same time, he raised the interest rates again today. So clearly policy is working. At cross purposes, um, yep. he's an idiot, and I'd rather be uh, have the Fed ruled by uh, Cortez, uh, Bannon, a- and uh, <laughs> Philip uh,
0: Birch than uh, than than Jay Powell. <laughs> let's have – can we get your Substack? How do people get your your coordinates? Yes, sir. people get uh, all
4: this now? You know, I'm, I'm all over this, like white on rice, as they say. It's peternavaro.substack.com, peternavaro.substack.com. What I'm trying to – Steve, you're, you're the long form. You're the heavyweight bat that goes the full distance every time. What I'm trying to do with each uh, episode of the Substack and podcast – there's these little jabs, these eight minute jabs that come out yeah. as a transcript, as an op-ed. They're perfect. And uh, it's nice morsels for the posse. And and I think synergistically people, what we do together is em. good.
0: Yeah. People love, All people good, love them. Oh, good, brother. We're gonna we're, we continue to push them. Okay, brother. Thank you, man. They're they're great. Make That's sure you tonight. go. By the way, we got additional information. Birchgold.com/slash/Bannon. You get to you get the new debt trap. Uh, episode of the End of the Dollar Empire. Plus, you can talk to a consultant. Go there now. You, if, if Japan, China, and India are buying with two hands, you guys at least ought to talk to somebody. let go to birchgoldcom slash You can make contact, get all the free info kits, everything. Steve Cortez, I, I want you to come in and give me your assessment. But the burning question I got: Maybe you make a mistake on the guy first time. How did? How did Biden and all these brilliant guys in the White House and the, on the Democratic side? How did they re up? Jay Powell, sir. Yeah. I, I miss I'm I i do not understand how he got picked in the first place, but how did he get re upped?
5: Right. Look, the only thing that Powell uh, is skilled at in life professionally is acting as a maneuvering in the Washington sewer. You know, the, I will I will give him that credit and that credit only. He has no credentials, as Peter Navarro correctly cited, he has no credentials in economics. He doesn't understand the bond market or interest rates or the economy. He is a lawyer. He's a Washington lifer. And I think he showed that today, by the way, if you actually watched his press conference. Now listen, he might sound a bit sophisticated because he uses the lingo of central banking, okay? But the reality is he talked continually out of both sides of his mouth and tried to give himself every conceivable angle and option as far as policy from here. It really reminded me, Steve, of Harry Truman reportedly said, I want a one-armed economist. And the reason he said that was he was so tired of economists saying on the one hand and on the other hand, okay? So Harry Truman would not have been very happy with Jay Powell today. And let's remember, there aren't any good options for the Fed right now. However, the Fed and Jay Powell created this very predicament that they now find themselves in. They created this inflationary madness. He was finding religion, finally, at long last. It was so blatantly obvious that even he couldn't miss the inflationary madness that was created. He was starting to fight it, albeit tepidly. And now he's trapped because he knows what he needs to do to fight the inflation he helped to create. But at the same time, doing so that through that fighting, he may very well tip the very very vulnerable banking system into an absolute all out collapse. Even worse, of course, than we've already experienced.
0: Okay, we're going to come back. We got a, we got a chalk talk from you. We got some analysis, some charts. Uh, Mark Mitchell is going to be here. He's got some polling on this whole bank crisis. Uh, Steve, real quickly. Did he, since the cruelest tax is the regressive tax of inflation, by just going 25 bips today, basis points, did he basically say, hey, MAGA, deplorables, you're on your own?
5: I believe he did, yes. I really do think. He said, look, in the end, we're going to protect capital rather than protect the prosperity of regular Americans. Yes, I I do believe that.
0: Okay, we're going to take a short break. We're going to drill down. That's the central thesis of today. Here's the beauty of it, baby. You're underwriting the entire deal. As, as Powell continues to print money and jam it either through the discount window into the banks to make sure they got liquidity, these 186 walking wounded, or opening up the swaps lines to the other central banks, you're the full faith and credit. You're the underwriter. Of course, he just said, hey, you're going to have to help yourself when it comes to inflation. Short commercial break. Cortez, Mark Mitchell. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public, the, word, the letters, sq.com. And download the app today, totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to PublicSQ.com. That's PublicSQ.com.
1: Here's your host, Stephen K. Bandt.
0: Okay, Mark Mitchell's joining us. We're going to wedge him in here because he's got a very important poll they put out today about what American citizens think about uh, the banking system. We'll bring him in now. Mark, walk us through your poll, and then I'm going to bring Cortez to give us some observations and analysis. Walk us through these numbers.
3: We have a banking system that everybody uses. The confidence should be really high. We have depositor insurance that now seemingly applies to everybody. Nobody should be worried about losing their money. Unfortunately, Americans really are. How confident are you in the stability of the U.S. banking industry? Only 23% are very confident. Now, 58% are at least somewhat confident, and 36% are not confident. That, that doesn't seem good. But here's the thing. Just as we talked about with the Silicon Valley bank numbers, we've been polling about banking crises and bailouts all the way back to 2008. And so if you go back, you, your readers can go and look at the historical numbers If you look at the Republican and Democrat numbers, the numbers now for them, or sorry, for Republicans and independents, are almost exactly the same as they were through 2009, 2010, but Democrats' confidence in the banking industry has skyrocketed to now 73%, and they're dragging all these numbers up. When thinking about the money you have in the bank, how worried are you it will be lost due to a bank failure? 44% of American adults are at least somewhat worried. 11% are very worried. Those numbers are identical to the spring of 2009, only six months after the Lehman collapse. And then finally we asked, over the next few years, how likely is the U.S. will enter a 1930s-like depression? 49% of American adults say it's at least somewhat likely, 19% say very likely, Uh, only 13% say not at all likely. That's another one we've asked quite a few times, and these numbers are bad. Now, we don't talk about this often, but one of the things that Rasmussen Reports also does is pull very heavily on economic confidence. Every month we put out reports on our website. We have an index where we've been tracking economic confidence all the way going back to April 2014. Last July, something crazy happened that didn't we didn't get a lot of news about it, but our index for economic confidence dropped the lowest it's ever been, even below the absolute height of the COVID pandemic. Now, over the last year, as inflation's eased off, those numbers have ticked back up a little bit. But economic confidence is always the highest in the spring when people are getting those uh, tax refunds. And so now with the S&P, one or two bad days from being lower than it was on Joe Biden's first day in office, with people spending through those tax refunds uh, coming up in April, May, June, and with this banking crisis – I'm worried we're going to see another spike lower in economic confidence in this country. Give me
0: real quickly the one of the depression again, the 49% about the 1930s. Just read those numbers
3: again for Cortez. 49% of American adults think it's at least somewhat likely over the next five years we're going to enter a 1930s style depression. 19% say very likely.
0: Mark Mitchell, where do people get to you? Give me all the sites, your coordinates.
3: Follow us on Twitter, Rasmussen underscore poll. Please subscribe on YouTube or Rumble, uh, as we talked about today in our Twitter feed, because every time we post a Steve Bannon interview, they take it right back down again. Okay,
0: thank you. Fantastic. We love it, baby. They love the real information. Um, Mark Mitchell, thank you very much. We need you to get up to speed. Every day, is, every day is going to be homework, including weekends. Go to Birchgold.com right now slash Bandon and get the three-part series on the end of the dollar empire. You've got to get the nomenclature. Just, just start reading. Even if the, even if numbers scare you, if the, you know words, you know when we talk about economy, it bores you. You need to do this today. Okay. Also, you've got free information kits. All of it. Check it out today. You must do that for you, your family, community, and your nation. Steve Cortez, give me your assessment first of the polling. You were around uh, in 2008. You remember the spring of 2009. Give me your assessment, sir, of that.
5: Well, you know, it reflects that Rasmussen polling reflects the common sense, intuition, and smarts of the American people. Because even if they're not deeply involved in capital markets, they understand that the situation now is dangerous and is very similar in many ways to 08 and 09. I think in some ways, perhaps, even more perilous. And let me show you uh, some capital markets reflections of that that will validate that poll and show you that the, the trepidation and anxiety that's out there in the country. It is in fact evidence based according to capital markets. If we look at chart number two, this is bond volatility. And without getting too deeply in the weeds here, this is essentially the the change in yield on the two year note. And what you want that to be basically is thin. Okay, when you look at that at that line, when it starts getting wide, it means things are getting wild. Okay, so that chart goes back. 20 years, and the last time things got wide and wild in the bond market was 2008-2009. This current banking panic is just as volatile as 08 and 09, according to bond markets. Now, let's look at If we can go to uh, chart number three, please. Let's look at a reflection of what happened just today, okay? Uh, This is PacWest. P-A-C-W is the ticker. Uh, It is a West Coast regional bank. It's a lot like Silicon Valley Bank. It's not quite as concentrated in the tech industry, but it has a lot of venture capital businesses, a lot of venture capital partners and customers. It was down 17% today, Steve, 17%. That chart goes back one year and shows you that at last week's lows, it had lost 90% of its value. Ah, uh, this company reportedly—we don't know if it's true—but reportedly went out and tried to raise capital, tried to get an equity injection into the bank, and was rebuffed. Those are the rumors, at least today, and it got destroyed. And well, the market fears, it's, Steve, it's, that we have but, SVB but, but, but hang two point but but,
0: Yeah, too. You got the S, you got the Silicon Valley Bank Southern Division about to pop up on you, you and these are right. massive banks, right? Correct. On this bank, it's pretty open because they tried to raise equity, not doing that. They announced with great fanfare they got a $1.4 billion loan from uh, Apollo's distress lender, what, Atlas Special Partners right. or something? This That's is exactly the right. bottom feeders of the bottom feeders. They're essentially leg breakers with cash, Right. right? <laughs> So this is like right. going to the mob. This is like going to the mob. That's how desperate this bank is, right? And it's pretty open that they couldn't raise equity, so they went and got a, They went and got a, <laughs> Went to loan no, sharks and borrowed some money to get to keep on to keep right. on, to keep on the iron lung. Is that where we are? This is another one. How many administrations since uh, Herbert Hoover have had three big banks uh, blow up in a in in a span of ten days? Uh, Steve Cortez. Right.
5: Right. Well, that that would be zero. And no, you're exactly right. So going to get in a line of credit, right, to sustain them perhaps for a few days is you're exactly correct. It's sort of the sophisticated legal way of going to the equivalent of sort of Wall Street equivalent of going to Rocky Balboa before he made it in boxing. Okay, when he was still a leg breaker and collecting for, for loan sharks, that's exactly right. And, uh, but look, the reality too, and I, I really think this is important to me. The biggest news event of the day was actually not Powell; it ended up being Janet Yellen because the two of them were effectively on stage at the exact same time making pronouncements. Um, and by the way, anybody out there who who isn't yet worried should be worried from watching what happened today and watching the market reaction because Janet Yellen and her boss Joe Biden made it pretty clear the other day, if he, even if he wasn't totally explicit, made it clear that we're going to back bank deposits. Her previous comments certainly at least suggested that we're going to back all bank deposits the way we did for the oligarchs in Silicon Valley Bank. Well, she then comes out today, and this is the quote, not considering broad increase in deposit insurance. Not considering. Now, let's look at the market reaction to that, uh, to that comment. So this is chart four, please, if we can pull that up. This is the Dow Jones Industrial Average, but most people watch for the stock market. This is only a one-day chart, Steve. This is a one-minute tick chart, basically, of just today for the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It was basically hanging in, rallying small, as Powell tried to mostly speak dovishly, mostly sort of reassure markets. As I said, Powell's really talking out of both sides of his mouth, not saying a whole lot. Then Yellen comes out and says, oh, no, we're not considering a broad increase in deposit insurance. Bam. The Dow loses 700 points in a matter of minutes after that statement, as I show there on the chart. Steve, as I often say, price is truth. And the truth is right now, the only thing holding up financial markets, the only thing is the deplorables, is the faith and credit of the taxpayers of the United States supposedly backing all of this. And the second that that Yellen says, well, maybe that's not such a good idea, Bam! Markets get absolutely killed. These are the consequences. But, 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 Number one, yeah, but, but
0: here's here's a, yeah. But I want to make sure the artists understand something. They've been leaking this for two, three days that they're going to give a, a blanket to the 19 trade. Now we've been hammering them on this show, but right. for her to just show up when all the Wall Street guys think and says, "Oh no, we're not thinking about that." I mean, that's that type of thing that it's like hitting, hitting you with a bazooka, right? It yeah. shows you how incompetent. Yes. It's malfeasance and incompetence. It's a unique, unique. As bad as Bush, uh, you know, Paulson and Bernanke, these guys were, and they were awful. As bad as as Obama's guys, the Gartner and these guys at the beginning, we've never seen anything. You do agree in your professional career, from the pits of Chicago to uh, to the White House and everywhere else in between, have you ever seen a, a collection like Powell
5: and Yellen? No. I you listen. Never seen this level of of incompetence on the economy as well as incompetence on messaging, right? Um, and as somebody who has worked you know, deeply in both of those fields, you're exactly right. The Bush team certainly got the policy wrong at almost every turn. However, I will give them credit that during the great financial crisis of 08 and 09, they're pretty good on the messaging. They were pretty good on at least pretending that they were in charge, that they were competent. Uh, Hank Paulson was good at that, okay? And by the way, that matters, okay? Because that's not just a matter of optics. It matters because confidence can become self-reinforcing, you know, as well as Doubt the opposite, right? Can become a vicious cycle downward. So you have to get both the substance right and the optics and the messaging to be a great leader. In this case, they're, they're absolutely flailing on both. Okay, So they did back the oligarchs of Silicon Valley Valley Bank, total failure on the substance policy side, and hardworking American taxpayers, the cops and coaches out there, people who don't have money for luxuries, they have backstocked the oligarchs. So they failed, Powell and Yellen and Biden, they failed on the policy front, but now they're also massively failing on the messaging front by not being consistent at all, by not apparently remembering what they are saying day to day, and not recognizing that in the midst of a crisis, and this is a deep economic crisis that we're suddenly in, in the midst of a crisis, every word matters. And it is much better to say nothing if you're not prepared to say something that is intelligent and consistent and coherent. We get exactly the opposite from Janet Yellen. All right. That is simply the reality. And Steve, it's astounding to me that she has not been fired. I mean, it's unbelievable to me that she is the inheritor of the the chair, the the Secretary of Treasury chair of Alexander Hamilton and and some other incredibly great men, by the way, in American history. Uh, And that Janet Yellen, this fool, this incompetent, uh, this person right now is at the helm of the United States economy at a fulcrum moment like this of peril for the American economy, that should scare the hell out of everyone yeah. out there.
0: Does, is there, everybody, everybody happy that she was over in Ukraine a couple of weeks ago, laying down the roses yeah. and talking about she was going to, you know, writing $5 billion checks. How, how's that feel right now? Does that feel good for you? I hope every mm-hmm. Democrat progressive under 35, you're loving that. Are you rubbing up on that? I hope you love that. I hope you embrace that because you deserve it. You voted for it. You got it real quickly before we go to break. I don't know, would you, do you know anybody, any level of confidence or gravitas right now that would want to step in and be Secretary of Treasury knowing that Powell was at the Fed and he had Joe Biden wandering around the White House? I mean, why would you do that? And number two, the confirmation hearing would be a bloodbath. To get anybody Mm -hmm. confirmed right now would be, this is why she, remember, she was supposed to leave, Steve, she was supposed to leave after the midterms. Right. They can't, she's kind of stuck with it now and we're stuck with it. And her performance today I'm sure they're going to go back and, and coach her, but it's it's absolutely incredible. Real quickly, give me 30 seconds. I tell you what, I want to wait. We're going to come back. Okay. You got some thoughts, but I also want to go back to you said this at the beginning of this a couple of years ago. This is all created crises. They had what was handed to them, the baton that was handed to them. Yeah. They may not liked everything they saw, but it was it was it was good. And it was running fine, even coming yeah. out of the even coming out of the COVID the, the CCP bioweapon. It was good enough. It was okay. And what they have done in the creative crisis has. Well, I tell you, look at the guys in Moscow, Beijing and Moscow. They're telling you everything you need to know of what they think of the Biden regime. Short break. Cortez next. Americans have had it. They're done supporting companies that rake in hundreds of millions, sometimes billions of dollars while trashing the country that made their success possible. Until recently, we had to take it. But companies like Patriot Mobile are building a whole new economy, one which embraces the values that made America the greatest country on Earth. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you can get the best possible service in your area. Plus, they offer a coverage guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch to a different network for free without changing carriers. All this, plus the knowledge that you are supporting free speech, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, and our military and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call them right now at 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code BANNON. We need to stand together and support companies that share our values. Remember, stop giving monies to companies that hate you. Support the Patriot Mobiles of the world. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT. New social media taking on
4: big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived.
5: It's time to say what you want, the way you want. Download now. Patriots, I probably don't have to tell you that financial markets have been incredibly volatile in recent weeks as bond markets revolt against Biden's inflation. Some of the worst carnage can be found in the small cap stock sector, the small and medium sized companies that normally drive the American economy. But there has been small cap pain ever since Joe Biden took office. Why? Because his policy failures, all of them, favor the interests of big business, of global multinationals, over small business and Main Street. Let me be specific. The created inflation, the open border, and the needless escalation of the war in Ukraine. All of those policy failures that either directly benefit big business or big business can manage the risks in ways that small business simply cannot. As a consequence, you get this massive stock market outperformance of the big guys. Let me show you. Since Biden took office, the S&P 500 up 4%. Now, that's a terrible return for over two years' time, but nonetheless, it's at least positive. Russell Small Cap Index down 18% since Biden took office. This differential right here, this concentration of economic and political power, it's a hallmark of what Biden and the Democrats are doing to this country. And we are going to fix it with our movement of patriotic populism.
0: Okay, Steve, Cortez. I want to get breaking news. We're going to try to get bored since the six o'clock hour. Uh, New York Post is reporting Uh, Juries out. Chaos at court as Trump grand jury hearing canceled. Bragg now concerned about indictment and assistant district attorneys are, quote, shaking their heads, unquote. Complete chaos Mm. up in New York. Uh, Chaos in the capital markets. The country, chaos on the southern border. We got our worst enemies in human history uniting in Eurasia. It's, uh, it's, um, these are all create. I want to go back. I know you're going to jump in this, Steve. Mm -hmm. But these are all created crises. There's nothing in the financial law physics that said this had to happen, sir. Correct?
5: No, absolutely. It's not bad luck. It's not the business cycle. It's not happenstance. Okay, because you're exactly correct. The handoff economically from Donald Trump to Joe Biden was an economy that was aggressively reopening without inflation. It was the Trump boom 2.0 that was unfolding into uh, the beginning of Joe Biden's term and he completely squandered that inheritance, how? through three specific created crises. And I mentioned them in there, but if I can give a little more detail here. Uh, Ukraine, the border, and then this created co- uh, uh, crisis of inflation. And how do all of them benefit big business to the detriment of small business? Well, if you we look at Ukraine, for example, the defense contractors love what's going on, OK? So there's a lot of big business interests that are very pro-war, that are very pro-escalation. It certainly doesn't help any Main Street business here in the United States, quite the opposite. If we look at the border, almost all of big businesses unanimously in favor of open borders. Why? Because they want cheap labor because it helps their margins, even though it devastates the earning power of regular Americans and, again, harms small business. And if we look at inflation overall, I'm not saying inflation helps a lot of big businesses, but they can manage it and mitigate the risks in ways that small business cannot. And some big businesses do absolutely benefit from inflation, largely because they are the creator of resources. You know, the resource markets are dominated by massive conglomerates. And in general, small business, they are the consumers of those resources, whether it's energy or agriculture, you know, whatever it is, wood, uh, what generally the, the creators The producers of them are big business. The consumers of them are small business. So inflation disproportionately harms small business. And again, I want to show that in the financial markets, because it's not just the opinion of Steve Cortez. It's how capital has been allocated ever since Joe Biden became president. Now, the markets got smacked today, of course, as we mentioned, largely because of the incompetence of his secretary of state, who's contradicted herself several times within the matter of just days. But as markets got smacked today, down about 2%, depending on which index you look at, the S&P during his tenure is now barely positive. And the Russell 2000, though, and by the way, that's bad, but at least you haven't lost market if you've been investing in the big boys during his time. haven't made any money, but you haven't lost money if you've been investing in small cap, which is way more reflective of where Main Street is, now down, as of today's close, down 20%, which, of course, is the typical historic definition of a bear market. So it is a bear market for small business because of Biden. It is a bear market for Main Street because of Joe Biden. And Steve, this crisis we're in, the, the reason it's relevant to today's news is that with this crisis we're in currently, if we continue down this path of regular taxpayers bailing out the oligarchs of Silicon Valley, because I think that's coming again. I think it's coming in the form of of PacWest. I hope I'm wrong. But uh, so far, by the way, the stock market has done a very good job. When one of these banks comes under attack from sellers when you see a lot of selling in SVB, uh, then in Signature Bank and First Republic. So far, the market has been very efficient and very correct in sort of seeking out who's next. It sure looks like the next one is PacWest, but my point is. This current situation, this current created crisis is going to only exacerbate what I was talking about there in that chalk talk, this winner-take-all phenomenon in American life, where a very small group of credentialed crony elites reap almost all the benefits and the rest of the masses are thrown to the side. And the, and the ruling class of the United States simply doesn't care that there are 24 straight months of declining real wages in this country and that Americans are working harder every day to get poorer. That's the reality in this country.
0: Steve, uh, how do people get to your Substack now, all your content?
5: Yeah, please. And please. I uh, have a look at my, my videos, my Substack, stack, everything. I, you can find me on the Twitter. I'm at Cortez Steve Cortez with an S.
0: Steve Cortez, Brother Cortez, thank you very much. Honored to have you on here. Great job. You bet. Thank you, sir. As Cortez says, uh, they've chosen capital to protect, not uh, not the people, not citizens, not the, the wage earners, because they've made a decision today that they're not going to try to really aggressively fight inflation, and they can't. They've jammed themselves in the corner because they'll take down the banking system even more than your broad shoulders can support it. Okay, make sure you go to MyPillow.com, promo code warm. You need a good night's sleep tonight. I think you need a stiff drink and a good night's sleep, so get them both. Uh, stiff drinks we can't help you with, but good night's sleep we can, the sleep of the just. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code My MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free. Go check out The Square. Do it after the show. Go check it out. Also, Birchgold.com slash Bannon. We need to get you totally up to speed on the terminology, so go check it out. i got these three great installments with the Birch Gold team called The End of the Dollar Empire. We thought of this a couple of years ago. Pretty prescient, right? Read the debt trap. It's like you're reading the rip from today's headlines. Birchgold.com, promo code WORM. Also, get all the free info kits about precious metals right now in this time of turmoil. It's been only a hedge for 5,000 years. Short commercial break. We're going to get into what's happening now in New York with this uh, DA. All next in the world.